Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And with us today is our special guest and my brother, Brian. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, excited to do this. Yeah, I, I am excited as well. And uh, our my usual co-host, Dave Palace, will not be joining us tonight. He's having some technical difficulties. Uh, hey, everyone. This is Dave from the recording booth. Uh, just wanted to let you know that, yes, that night I had to reformat my whole hard drive, Windows update problems, yada, yada. Uh, I told Sean, hey, go on without me. Don't sweat it. Um, so I hope you're all enjoying your stay in Punks of 20, and uh, I'll make sure to get back to you real soon. All right, thanks. So please stand by. But in the meantime, we are forging ahead bravely into the west central Pennsylvania snow, and we're continuing with Minute 13. And Minute 13, we see the our first broadcast from Gobbler's Knob Begins, and Phil introduces our famous groundhog. And we'll see if Phil feels lucky. So this is it. This is sort of, this is the, the, the whole reason for the trip is for the, the good folks from Channel 9 to Pittsburgh to descend upon Gobbler's Knob and and give this broadcast. And we start off with, you know, just in case we haven't driven the point home about what kind of a, a person this Phil Connor is, we start off this minute with, um, with some sexist banter. Yes. Uh, to Rita, you know, do you sleep okay without me? Exactly. Th- this minute here, I think totally sets up what kind of a person Phil is in this world right now. I mean, everything he does in this minute is completely self-absorbed. I don't think he does anything for anybody else. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. And we get, we get the, like the, the two faces of Phil because he starts off. Well, he's, you know, he's not nice to Rita. He's not nice to Larry. We've covered that when the camera comes on, he at least can fake it when he you know when he wants to when he tries he can do a decent broadcast well and let's just can we let's just back up for one minute and look mm-hmm. he's already looking at his reflection in the camera before they even go on the air i mean oh. <laughs> totally self absorbed again yeah okay he's a newscaster but you could just tell it's all about him mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's a good point. That he's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's going to be on TV. But considering, yeah, there's no, there's no makeup person, there's no hair person. He's not in a studio. There's the understanding that you know this is this is on, this is on the scene. This is out of the studio, out in the wild with the wind and everything and the elements. So you know he's not expected to look studio perfect. But right, he's yeah, he's self absorbed. He's concerned with. Yeah, with himself, with his own appearance. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even when he uh, has them, when he when he calls out to go to them, even that it's three, two, one on me. I mean, again, I don't know how a real broadcast would go, but it just comes off very self-involved. 
Yeah, and, and I, I, I kind of, I would think I, I have not, I'm not involved with television production. I would think the producer would have more to do. He's kind of taking over here. He's like, Larry, you're going to be here. I'm going to stand here. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, he's, yeah, he's calling action three, two, one, go. Like, isn't that, isn't that Rita's job? Absolutely. Let, let her run the thing and he do his thing. And that those two words on me, that yes, it's, it's all, it's all on Phil and not in, not in a good way. Right. In a, the world is about me and, and nobody else type of a way. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've mentioned this before in the podcast and we'll get into it once we start getting into the, the, the loop that Phil goes through in the repeated days that um, one of the analysis of, of the movie draws a parallel between these repeated groundhog days and uh, Nietzsche's concept of eternal recurrence. And the thinking was that given a really short description, given infinite time, Mm -hmm. but a finite universe, a finite amount of matter, you're going to get rearrangements of everything that are going to occur such that eventually everything that happens is going to happen again. Um, Again, just given enough time, eventually we'll end up back where we started. We're going to relive our lives over and over again. And Mm -hmm. The well, one of the lessons you can draw from that is, um, is that this is sort of the the best possible world, and I'll draw a parallel between that. Um, the the conclusions or or some of the conclusions are a little bit different between um, an atheist and, and someone like Nietzsche versus um, some of the more religious philosophers, but I think of uh, Leibniz and his concept of the best possible world. And that actually had a, a a different origin. He comes from a religious place and he's coming from a place thinking, well, um, God is, you know, God created the universe and God is per- perfect and reasonable. And so since we're here created by God and he's reasonable and perfect, this must be a, re- a, a perfect and reasonable universe. This must be the best possible um, existence, and you, and and I would think, and so if if this is the world we're given, and this is the best of all possible worlds, and again, whether you, whether you think that because the the world is created by God and He's perfect, or you think this is the best possible world because this is the world that exists without God, either way, I think it it draws on you to think of yourself and act in a way towards other and interact with the world around you in a way that's a little bit more enlightened than what we're seeing from Phil here. Mm-hmm. That even, even when he turns it on right. for those few moments when the camera's running, as soon as it's off and then it's, you know, it's the same old shtick every year, the, the cynicism, the right. snarkiness, it, it comes out right away. Yes, I mean I, he is cynical. He has all his little quips uh, to the outside world. But what I see here is a man that hates his life right now. Uh, I, I mean, if, no matter what he says to the outside world, he 
on the inside is miserable. And now maybe they don't really see it, but it, that's what it looks like uh, in yeah. this minute to be here. Yeah. And we get um, – now to contrast to that, we get the optimism. We get the cheeriness of Rita that a lot you – know, all these things that he's saying, all the negativity coming from him eventually wears off. She does have a serious moment, um, but then – when he when she's like okay it's groundhog time she's back to smiling she's thinking about oh this you know this nice little woodland creature is going to poke his head out and look around and see his shadow and she's back into back in the moment that's and that's one of the things is you know you you could say Phil would say well what difference does it make if i'm happy if i'm not happy if you know the world doesn't matter or that's the world isn't going to change based on my attitude, but it's like, are you, what good is it doing you? Right. Are you having fun? Are you, you know? Now this Phil. Yeah. Is Phil, it, it could be, he's almost like a nihilist in a sense, not caring about anything, not thinking anything matters. Yeah. Well, so I would say, well, though I would say not because, and there's, there's different interpretations. There's a lot of, there's, there's room for argument over, um, kind of what what the nihilists say i would think i i would try to i try to take a more optimistic view of nihilism to say you know if if there's no external objective morality or ethics there's no god you know there's no outside supernatural force that's imposing an ethics or morality on you then you're you're then you're kind of you're free to be self-reliant. You're free to develop that within yourself and decide what kind of life do I want to live and what's going to give me joy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so I agree, like Phil probably, I don't think Phil's not a church goer or a temple goer or or anything like that. Phil's probably doesn't even think about spirituality or religion enough to, to even call himself an atheist, but he doesn't believe in anything around him, but he's not using that to take advantage of, of then, okay, if there's nothing outside of me, then what's inside. Cause he's not, it's not, it's, you know, it's not doing him any good. You know, he's not, he's right. not happy. Oh, definitely. That is true. Yes. He is definitely not yeah. happy. The, Though someone who is happy is well, it's um, it's getting a little bit ahead of myself. I do want to talk a little bit about um, what's going on behind Phil as as he's doing his well, first his his announcement, and then later his his snarky right. comments. Um, so we see the um, the gentleman with the big the cane or the big stick who's knocking on the door. That is Brian Doyle Murphy, who is or Murray. Keep doing that. <laughs> Brian Doyle Murray, <laughs> who is Bill Murray's older brother, um, who plays our our sort of grand marshal here, and the gentleman to his left with the beard, who eventually reaches in to withdraw the the groundhog. That's the groundhog mm-hmm. wrangler. So that's actually not an actor. That's the animal handler. Oh, that, that is interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. That is okay. the the, Adam, the animal handler that they had on set. Uh, his name is Hoffman. And he was the guy. He provided the 
the groundhog. They actually had um, a pair. Well, they started with a pair of groundhogs, a couple. And according to Harold Ramis on the, the director's commentary, they had six babies. So six new groundhogs were born during the production of the movie. So congratulations to uh, to them. I guess like Phil and, and Philomena. Yes, yes. Were the, <laughs> were the, were the groundhogs on set. Um, <laughs> now, now when, when Phil – how do you interpret when Phil is talking about the world's great, greatest weatherman, uh, referring to the groundhog, but – I pick up that he is talking about himself yet again. <laughs> What's your take on that? Interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but it does it does fill in fit in with you know what we know Phil thinks about Punxsutawney and this you know this ceremony and what Phil thinks about himself and and he likes to slip in little quips and and snide remarks sort of under his breath. Um I think that's, that's – I hadn't thought of it, but that's a valid valid reason when he says we're here to watch the master at work. Well, the, at that point, the camera's on Phil Connor, not Phil the groundhog. Right. So maybe – yeah, he's talking about himself. He's the master at work there. That's that's what I – that's the way I, I read this whole little exchange hmm. he's having with, with the well, people. Well, as we, we, we saw um, – or sorry, as we will see – after this, when they're trying to get out of town and they get they get caught in the blizzard, he says, "I make the weather." A, another indication of, right. of where he where he lies in the hierarchy of weather and weathermen. Right. So yes, th- this definitely sets up if they if it wasn't already in the previous minutes. This sets up just he's completely about himself and his journey. I guess will uh, begin soon. Well, yeah, what what we're starting to see, and um, we'll we'll see a lot more of this. Actually, next minute we'll see a lot more that, at least up to this point, whatever Phil's foibles, whatever his weakness as a human, at least he's a good weatherman. I mean, we haven't seen anything that we we really want to criticize. Now the weather report in the beginning, it did maybe you know maybe it got cut off. It seemed like we never actually got the five day forecast. Maybe that was just editing for time, or, or whatever that we didn't get that we didn't get the full weather report to begin <laughs> with. So maybe he's a good weatherman, and now we're we're going to start seeing. Well, no, he, he can't even do that. Like he's, I mean, well, he can, but he doesn't. Like he's not. So he's he's not a good person, and he's not a good weatherman. Mm-hmm. So then. Then what good are you? You got to do something with your life, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so as I started to say earlier that – so we, we pointed out Phil isn't happy. Phil, he's not happy with his life. He's not happy with with being in Punxsutawney and having to cover the groundhog for the fourth year in a row. Um, right. He, he, he is above <laughs> it. Right now, he thinks he's the smartest guy in all of, of – um, yeah, PA. Oh, yeah. all of PA, certainly. All, of- <laughs> but one guy who is happy and is happy to be here is the gentleman who is just to the left of of our animal handler. Um, 
he will he starts off to the right mm-hmm. when if you go around around second fifty, the animal handler is bending okay. over to open up the door and extract Phil. Yes. There is the one gentleman behind him. With, well, they all have top hats, mm-hmm. but this guy's got like a polka dot bow tie, and he is smiling. And when they pull back, he is well. Actually, I, I, I kind of skipped over. I meant to when it starts sooner than that, when Brian Doyle Murphy knocks on the uh, knocks on the door with his stick. He gives three taps and you can see there's this one guy behind him right. who nods his head, who gives like three head nods along with each tap. And then from that, like he's, he's like everyone's standing up there. They're very serious. They're very stoic. They're taking, you know, they're, this is their thing. Once a year, they're on stage, they're performing as the, so uh, Brian Murray does those three taps. This one guy nods his head three times and then he just mm-hmm. grins. He has this huge grin yes. for the rest of this minute. We'll see it next minute. This guy is, and it's not, I don't know. It just kind of, do you see it? It's kind of like a, it's, it's a weird grin. I can't, I can't quite put my finger on it. Like technically, yes, there's nothing conc- concretely, you know, literally wrong with it. He's just a guy in a top hat smiling, but the way he does it. Well, and. And let's be honest, there is something wrong with well, top hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so other than the top hats, yes. Well, because he's – well, at least he's on stage. Like every he's, – he's not just one guy with a top hat. He's surrounded by a bunch of other guys with that top hats. That is true. Yes, that is true. But yes, yeah, so the, the, the smile you're referring to, just his, his glee yeah. of being here. He's just like, oh, now we're going to get that groundhog. Yeah. Get that hog. Yeah, it's it's an awkward it's an awkward it's, smile. That is true. Right at okay. You, yes. you see the, you, you see the guy I'm talking about. And for okay, so it it is kind of weird, right? I'm not I'm not. It's not just me. No, it's it's it is a little bit strange. He's a very excited to have the groundhog come out. Yeah, yeah. Too excited. If you so excited. Yes, too excited. Like a, a grown man in a top hat should not be that excited. Right. About a marmot being pulled out of a stump. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just mention, I'll, I'll drop this quick. I think we, I think we did mention it um, a, a minute or two ago when Phil was first walking onto Gobbler's Knob. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just reiterate that. So the platform. So obviously, this is this is different than the actual Punxsutawney, but mm-hmm. this platform they were very careful to be accurate in that sense. So the platform that they are up on and this sort of, um, I guess it's supposed to look like a tree stump that they're pulling, yes. pulling Phil out of, that that part is accurate to the actual Punxsutawney uh, ceremony. Although it would not be mm-hmm. accurate for an actual groundhog. Uh, groundhogs burrow and live underground. They do not live in tree stumps and they also do not have little wooden doors with chains on them the way this guy does. Right. So that's a little, right. um, in, well, it's embellishment for the ceremony, but the movie is trying to be accurate to the ceremony, not accurate to an actual wild groundhog. 
So right. So this is how it is done each year in real this life. This is how it's done. And yeah, and I will say the the groundhog does not appear Phil to struggle too much. I can't imagine he enjoys. I can't no. imagine that that Phil is really enjoying this much more than Phil Connor, but. He seemed at least he's right. taking it in stride. He's not complaining as much as Phil Connor is. He's just all right. You know, that they don't true. eat me as long as I do this stupid thing once a year. I'll do it. Right. And who knows? This groundhog could be reliving each day too. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. How how many days in a row is this guy done? Oh, they got to pull me out of this I thing mean, again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that's that, that. That is pretty much the end of the minute when they come and he gets pulled right yeah. out. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. And then we'll just have to uh, we'll have to see. You know that the they hold the groundhog up, and the crowd cheers, and and Phil Connor um, makes his his snide remarks. I assume the the camera. I go. I guess the mic's not rolling. The camera should be rolling to capture the ceremony. Um, but they're not – I'm hoping they're not recording. Um, so before we wrap up, I think – I mean, that's all I had about the minute itself. But let's talk a little bit about um, – I guess about the movie in general and about movies and, and podcasts and stuff. Sure. I think I mentioned during our Minute Zero sort of introduction trailer that, um, Brian, you're the one who introduced me to – Movie by minutes. Yeah, that is true. Yep. It, yeah. So we have you to thank you. You're welcome. That's you introduced me to uh, to Star Wars Minute. Yep. I I probably started listening to a podcast. Uh, could be a few years at this point. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly how I I stumbled upon them, but I do remember talking to you once I found a couple of good movie ones and the Star Wars Minute, and uh, then you got into them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and so one of the things we so. You you live down in New Jersey. I've moved up to Massachusetts, so we don't we're not seeing each other all the time. But we get when we get together, we talk movies. We say, well, you know, what have you what are you watching and what are you re rewatching and what have you seen lately? And then yeah, the kind of the past few years we've added to that to you know podcasts. So what are you listening to? And you've been a great source. You've introduced me to a lot of great podcasts. And then um, then was Star Wars Minute, and then pretty soon after that, I don't know if it was right away. But pretty soon after that started the talk of, well, these guys are doing it. Maybe we could do it. We could do a podcast. Mm -hmm. We talk about movies. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could talk about one one minute at a time. And and my recollection, correct me if I'm wrong, my recollection is this is this is the first movie I mentioned. Yo, this was definitely the first movie. I mean, we've talked about this movie even before the whole podcasting boom. Yeah, because so I, I was yeah, I was always telling you that yeah, this is a good comedy, but this you know this is more than that. There's philosophy here. There's meaning. Right. There's 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 important stuff going on. Um, I'm here. Yep. But this was this was always the one mentioned for the the podcast. Yeah. And yeah, and so here we are, and here you are. So thanks for joining us. We yeah. uh, our condolences and and well wishes. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Dave Palace. Um, 
and and his computer that we hope <laughs> we hope we'll be able to rejoin us, but um, we miss you, Dave. Um, but I think that's um, that's about it for minute thirteen. You'll uh, you'll be back with us for minute fourteen, Brian. Yes, I will. All right, great. And listeners out there, I hope you'll you'll return as well. And so that will be it for us for tonight. Thank you for listening. And we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. <laughs> That's good. <laughs>